Welcome, everybody, to another edition of KickServeRadio.com, Tennis on Air with Andy Zoden. Today, I'm going to re-air an interview that I did with my good friend, Tom Fontana. Tom, a former professional and a star at the University of Texas, has some pretty provocative thoughts on the state of men's tennis. Specifically, Tom's a little disappointed that the great Federer and Nadal are not being a little bit more challenged by some of the younger up-and-coming players in today's game. He doesn't necessarily feel that Federer at 36 and Nadal at 32 should still be dominating the game the way they are and that it should be up to some of these younger players to step up their game and put a little bit more fear into Federer and Nadal. Roger and Rafa have won the last six straight majors, and Tom doesn't think it's great for the game. Enjoy this interview with Tom Fontana from the Morning Huddle on Mile High Sports Radio. Welcome back, everybody. Morning huddle, AZ, Andy Zoden, in as I am on Thursday mornings, David Hurl, but not, he is on assignment. He's playing golf, let's call it what it is, and why wouldn't he want to be? It's U.S. Open weekend, they are off and running at Shinnecock Hills, last I checked, Aaron Badley at minus two, defending champ Brooks Kepka minus one, but we're going to talk a little bit of tennis as I promised earlier, uh, my good friend Tom Fontana is going to join us now, and Tom is one of the, the great tennis intellects that you may not know. Uh, a teammate of mine at the University of Texas was one of the top juniors in the United States when he was growing up alongside the likes of Tennis Channel commentator Paul Anacone. They're still good friends and love to love to uh, chop it up about the sport of tennis. Tom, welcome. It's been a while since we've gotten a chance to visit on the air. How you doing, Andy? Doing very well. It's a nice morning. Got lots to talk about. We got the U.S. Open. We got World Cup. But you and I are going to talk a little bit about tennis. We're going to start with Rafael Nadal, the incomparable. Spaniard wins his 11th French Open and a lot of people Tom tennis fans are so excited about the fact that Nadal and Federer are still going as well as they are at the ages of uh, you know 36 going on 37 for Federer 32 for Nadal but you're disappointed with the fact that the younger guys aren't issuing a little bit more of a challenge to these guys and sort of in your in your estimation it seems almost allowing them to continue to dominate the sport. Is that pretty accurate? That is accurate. I mean, here's my take on it, and I hate to be negative on maybe two of the two, two, the two greatest players who ever played, okay? I mean, and I'm not negative. They are so phenomenal. But I'm, here's, here's, here's my take on it. All through growing up playing tennis, watching the greats, watching the McEnroes, watching the Connors, watching the, watching the Lendls, Watching the all-time greats of our eras, and then and then and then the Sampras's, and then the and then the Agassiz, and then you know all these other greats, they weren't winning slams and dominating the game in their mid-thirties, thirty-four, thirty-five, thirty-six. I mean, especially Federer. I mean, Nadal at thirty-two, you can still say. But remember, Sampras was the first guy in thirty years to win a slam at the age of thirty-one or over, in you know when he won that U.S. Open and then retired at thirty-one. So. What's my point? My point is this. The reason that McEnroe and, 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 and Lendl and, and those guys and Connors Four. had trouble winning is because there was Agassi at 21 and 22 and Sampras at 23, 24 and Jim Courier and Michael Chang. Okay. And those guys burst on the scene and they were young guns, 22, 23, 24, 25. And those older guys couldn't beat them anymore. And McEnroe would make a semi, and Connors would make a semi of a slam, and they were still great players, but they weren't dominating the tour anymore. Our young guys today, for whatever reason, and I have my own thoughts, 
are just not getting it done. The teams, okay, who made his first French Open final, the Zverev, the, uh, you know, um, who are some of the other guys? You got Grigor you know, Dimitrov, guys. who I think people expected Dimitrov, a lot. Dimitrov, right. Dimitrov, who I've been hearing about for five years, is a terrific specimen and a terrific player. And these guys are just, they're just not a threat. So I think it's some of the young guys. And why is it they're talented guys? But in my opinion, the, the Nadals, the great, great players, the slam winners, the Djokovics, the Murrays, the guys that win slams, take the ball early. They get up on that baseline. They take your time away, and these young guys, these young guns, hit the ball a zillion miles an hour from five feet behind the baseline. And as great as they are, okay, there's a big difference when Federer's on that baseline, Nadal's on that baseline, and teams five feet behind the baseline. Just over the course of the match, they're not going to be able to beat the greats. They have to be able to get on that baseline and start to take away the time of a Federer or a Nadal. That's my point. It's my opinion. But the results are, are backing me up right now. Tom, uh, I, I've gotten to be pretty close with the great Gil Reyes, who was Andre Agassi's strength coach, and we saw what he was able to do for Andre with all of the training at Magic Mountain and so on and so forth. And we saw Agassi possibly play his best tennis north of the age of 30. And, and Gil's philosophy is that you can only go as far in the sport of tennis as your legs will take you. Now, you made the point that when Roger Federer came back from injury, he suddenly was coming up on the baseline, taking the backhand early, and doing some of the things to disarm Nadal's game that he was not doing prior to that six-month sabbatical that he, that he took. He really looked like when he came back, he really looked like he had, he had pumped a lot of energy into those legs. And now we see Nadal, and he's got, uh, he's got a pretty good set of trunks on him as well that get him around on that clay. Do you think that, that Gil Reyes has a point here and that we're, we're seeing that, that play out as well? Yes, I do. I think there's definitely a point there. And I do think that people, you know, listen, you know, uh, you know, some NBA players can play great basketball at 38-39, and a guy like Larry Bird's done at 32 or 33. Um, so, yes, I think that body uh, has something to do with it. And Federer certainly make a great argument for, for what kind of shape he's in and how effortlessly you play. I mean, the guy, you, you, you think, is he really sweating out there sometimes? He's so pretty right. graceful. So, yeah, there is some of that, no question. However, I just think that it's very hard in the day and age of sports when you got a guy like, you know, Dominic Team or Dimitrov, who's six in the world or seven in the world, making millions and millions of dollars, and they have a tennis coach who's making a really good living, and in order for that tennis coach to make Dimitrov make a change in his game and start moving up on the baseline and take some losses, that coach is probably worried about getting fired. Okay, And he's saying, hey, Dimitrov's doing well. He's six in the world. I've got a great job. How much, can I, how much pressure can I put on my player? And how much can he withstand losses by making some changes? You know, And I think that the, the, the dynamic of tennis, where you have a coach who's being paid by that player, how much risk does that coach want to take? He's got a job. He's got a family. There's dynamics in tennis that are unique. And, you know, to beat the, to, to win a slam, you know, not an easy task, although Nadal is making a joke of it. <laughs> These guys have to make some changes. So what you're saying, Tom, is it sounds like because of the amount of money involved in the sport that it's almost not worth it to take that one step back 
that allows you to take those two steps forward. But your good friend, Paul Anacone, we both know, was willing to take that chance with Roger Federer in getting him to do certain things with his game. I don't know if it was Paul that was behind the whole saber attack philosophy of Roger's that he was employing for a while. But in watching Roger do that, you and I both know we saw Anacone make a living doing that forever in his career. You know, Paul, I've talked to Paul about this topic a lot, you know, because he would say to me, Tom, you know, you're, you're right. You're not wrong. He says, but you got you got to look at the whole dynamic of it. And he said, you know, you almost have to have the attitude when you're a pro coach that, you know, I don't need the job. And how, how, how many people in the world can say they don't need the job? But you have to be willing to sit down and, and get that player to do what you know that player needs to do. But it's not easy. So it's, you know, that's a catch-22 of the relationship between the player and the coach that is hard. And I'm not saying these guys aren't going to eventually get it. I'm, I, I did see good things out of team. And to me, you know, listen, maybe maybe they'll start to win at 26, 27, 28 when they down Federer get right. to the late 30s. But I'm just disappointed that I haven't seen a young guy break through yet. Um, it's been, you know, when we grew up, Z, we used to see young guys jump up and, yep. and do something. Okay, so that's that's the that's the thing that I that I take out of this current situation. Tom, we've got about a minute. We haven't said one word about one American player. If there's one guy that you do have your eye on that you like what you're seeing from him, maybe one of the up uh, up and comers, who is it? Well, I mean, of all the guys there, I like Taylor Fritz. I think Taylor okay. Fritz has he's really young, really young. He's really talented, but he's got to improve his backhand. Okay, and he's got to start working on coming forward now. He's still young enough where he's going to lose. You like him better than TFO? Yeah, because I think he has the ability to to, to maybe come up one more gear than TFO. Okay, love TFO in terms of his tenacity and this and that, but I think that he'll he could have more game. He's got a bit, you know. I just like him. I just think he has more of an upside. Remember, I'm talking about winning a slam. Right. I'm thinking winning a slam, not being five in the world. Okay. You know what I mean? Yep. So so. That's me, but other than that, it's hard. Yeah. You know, right now we're living with Query and Isner. I yeah. mean, as an American, right? Jack, Jack so, Sock, and Jack Sock. So we need some guys badly. The girls are doing great. The guys, I'm, it's we're struggling. Yeah, no doubt about it. Well, I'm excited to see all of these players that we've talked about playing this year at the U.S. Open, and I'll be looking forward to seeing you, Tom. Thanks for taking the time. I know you're opening up a club in New Jersey here in the coming months. Good luck with that, and. Uh, Always enjoy. It goes way too fast, but thanks for coming on with us this morning. Tom Fontana, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much, Zeke. All right, take care. care. All right, my good buddy Fonz played number one at the University of Texas. Always enjoy talking tennis with him. Uh, When we come back, Michael Spencer from Channel 4 going to join us. We're going to talk a little Denver Bronco football, so don't go away. Morning Huddle on Mile High Sports Radio, AM 1340, FM 104.7. 